the launch of the Making Housing and Community Happen podcast. I'm putting a link to it in the show notes, but you can also just search for Making Housing and Community Happen on your favorite podcast app. This new podcast is a project of the organization that I work in, which is also called Making Housing and Community Happen. That's our name. We named the podcast after our organization. I'm putting a link to the website for our organization in the show notes as well. The goal of this podcast is to tell stories of social transformation and housing justice. We at Making Housing and Community Happen, also known as MHCH, organize and advocate for housing justice. We are based in Pasadena, California, and a lot of our organizing is local within our city. Now, many of you may associate Pasadena with the Rose Parade and the Rose Bowl and Caltech and maybe even NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And you may think that, well, that's a wealthy town, which is partially true. There is an enormous amount of wealth in Pasadena, but it sits alongside quite a bit of poverty, most of it concentrated in the northwest part of the city, but not all of it. Pasadena is one of the most economically unequal cities in California. The skyrocketing housing costs have greatly exacerbated the deep division between the haves and the have-nots. According to the 2019 American Community Survey, about 25% of tenants in Pasadena are severely rent-burdened, paying more than 50% of their income on housing. So a full one-fourth of Pasadena tenants People who have to rent their home are paying at least half of their income just to keep a roof over their head. And our per capita homelessness is higher than the national average. Also, the African American population, which used to be 19% of the population in Pasadena in 1990, has been reduced since then by over 50% due to gentrification and displacement. So we have been organizing locally, and we have had some major successes, and are starting to turn this situation around. It is the stories of those successes that will be the focus of the podcast. We have been a nonprofit for almost five years, but we were a grassroots collection of volunteers for many years before that. I first got involved back in 1999. We have had many campaign successes over the years, and the fruit of this success has slowly started to build to where we are now entering a phase where we are about to see a harvest of affordable housing, a harvest of housing justice. The first campaign victory that I was involved with over 20 years ago was getting an inclusionary housing ordinance passed. Our inclusionary housing ordinance requires developers who build more than 10 units of housing to include affordable units in their developments. These affordable units must be affordable to households of three different income categories, moderate, low, and very low income. The latest version of our ordinance requires that 20% of the units be affordable to households in these income categories. The rents are calculated 
according to the median income of Los Angeles County. Those units must have the exact same amenities as the market rate units. Now, the developers do have an option to pay an in-lieu fee rather than build the units, but that fee goes into a fund to build or preserve affordable housing. That one ordinance to date has resulted in upwards of 1,200 units of affordable housing throughout the city. The story of how we won inclusionary housing is the topic of our first podcast episode. We've also won other victories, such as housing with support services for our sisters and brothers who live on the streets, as well as rent control and tenant protections, which we won this past December as part of a larger coalition led by the Pasadena Tenants Union. And while still above the national average, we have reduced the number of unhoused people by around 50% over the last 12 years. And now, with 134 units of permanent supportive housing for our unhoused sisters and brothers, about to be completed by the end of this year, and rent control having just passed, we are likely to see a major reduction in homelessness over the next couple of years. We also do some statewide organizing as well, mostly in coalitions with other groups, and our educational work stretches across the country. You can visit our website to learn more about us. In fact, there are a couple of short videos on the homepage of the website, and you will recognize the voice of the narrator. So please visit our website and also take a listen to the first episode of the podcast. Both links are in the show notes. I was reflecting on our work and how our goal is to eliminate homelessness and housing insecurity in Pasadena, and I thought of this one text from Deuteronomy that states that the original structure of Israel was that of a society in which there would be no poverty. They were to do this through a cycle of regular debt forgiveness and a culture of mutual aid. The first eight verses of Deuteronomy 15 reads, At the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release, and this is the manner of the release. Every creditor shall release what he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor, his brother, because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. Of a foreigner you may exact it, but whatever is yours with your brother, your hand shall release. But there will be no poor among you. For the Lord will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance to possess. If among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving to you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. So here we have the Sabbath year of debt forgiveness and a call for a culture of open-handedness toward one another that would result in a society devoid of poverty. Now, you may have noticed that it excludes the, quote, foreigner, but that word for foreigner in Hebrew seems to designate someone that does not live in Israel. It does not refer to an immigrant. The word for immigrant the person who lives in Israel but is from another country, that's a different word. 
This word does not refer to an immigrant who lives in Israel, but rather someone actually living in a foreign country. Someone an Israelite might have an economic relationship with, but who is under a completely different set of laws in a completely different national jurisdiction. So it really doesn't make sense to include people outside the nation who wouldn't also be bound by the same laws. That would mean that Israelites would have to forgive their debt, but they wouldn't have to forgive the debts of Israelites. This law is to regulate and structure the society within Israel. What happens outside the nation of Israel is not in their control. There's also the year of Jubilee, the super Sabbath year, when all land returns to its original owners and all debt slavery comes to an end. I think these are the sorts of laws. This is what Jesus has in mind in Matthew when he says he has come to fulfill the law and the prophets. And that's what we are doing at MHCH, making housing and community happen. We are carrying on the work of fulfilling the law and the prophets, so that in the words of the prophet Micah, everyone can sit beneath their own vine and fig tree with no one to make them afraid. In other words, everyone can live safe and secure in their own home. So please visit the MHCH podcast, Making Housing and Community Happen, and listen to our first episode. And again, thanks for listening to this podcast, and please continue to spread the word. And may the spirit of peace, grace, and love abound in your life and in your community.